Welcome back to the Kicks and Picks podcast. Coming off another winning week, boys. 7-3, up 3.4 more units, bringing our 2024 record to 30-14-5. And, and we've almost rebounded completely from that, that swoon that we went through at the end of 2023. Now 113-106-10 on the season. Just under, uh, or a little over three-tenths three of a unit down. Negative 0.38 uh, on the season. But the pod lock keeps cooking. Uh, that is now just pulled it up here. What do we got here? Uh, 14, seven. What do I got here? 14, seven and two plus yep. five and a half units. Plus five Boom. and a half units. So another winning week. It feels good to, to have, I think this is four consecutive winning weeks for us. And, uh, 2024 has been kind to us. We're starting to see the board board well again. And, uh, yeah, some of us I, are, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the opposite of last year, right? Last year we started off scorching hot i think like we we went into the world cup break up like 30 units or something stupid we were we were really killing it and then we came back down a little bit this has been the opposite i mean if you had told me at the end of january or the middle of february after i think we had two one win weeks this year two one in nine weeks and at least another yeah. two and eight week so if you if you would have told me we had like three plus weeks with only three winners and, and we'd still be actually above 500 with picks I'm okay with it. We're getting hot at the right time. Champions League is back. We won both of our games on Tuesday. Uh, that's not reflected here in the tracker, but um, two plays, two plus money wins. So happy about that. And let's just keep rolling. We're having some fun. Like you said, coach, we're seeing the board well. Teams are down the final stretch here to to make or break their uh, 2024. So Kicks and Picks podcast going to do the same. Yeah, it's been a nice start to 2024. I know personally I had, I had back-to-back 3-0 weeks before I went 2-1 this week. But even, even my loss on the, the Leipzig pick, it was one of those ones where um, I believe they missed a penalty kick in the second half that would have gotten me the win. So it's like I just feel like we're we're on the right track even when we don't hit a bet. And that feels good. I know it's been kind of that way in other sports for us too, off the you know podcast when we're looking at other uh, American sports. So I think it's just been a – a positive vibe for the first six weeks or so of the the calendar year. And um, I have to say, I, I hit it last week. You guys were looking toward the over on upsets in the Premier League. I said, no, no way. Too many trash matchups. And uh, I guess in, in some ways, I feel good to be right that it was under the three and a half that you targeted for drop points. And I think under two and a half or under three, I think you said, right? You, you want the Asian line. Asian on line. Yeah. Um, I think it was actually none hit. So my under was way under. Um, I mean, not good for like people who like to see upsets. Maybe not good for Scotty's Liverpool to uh, pick up some points on those teams around him in the table. But um, yeah, the Premier League just proved to be fav- favorites galore last week. Just kind of rolling through with it, what they had to do. Yeah, I think uh, some of it is just that you know we're in that point of the season now where I think teams are starting to get healthy. Like City's getting healthy, obviously yeah. with Holland back and De Bruyne back. Liverpool are starting to get healthy. I think they're the like kind of the, the laggers of of the group. Arsenal are getting healthy. Spurs after their fucking disaster of the end of twenty twenty three, they're starting to get healthy. So I think part of it is just that these squads are seemingly getting themselves back together after a pretty congested period around you know that holiday fixture list. So I think that's certainly a, a little bit of it. And I think it's also just the fact that I think you know. The, the the goals for these teams now are pretty clear coming into the last part of the season, right? Like if you're Villa, you know that you have to like go all out to just try to get into the Champions League and, um, you know, maybe win your conference league. But there's really nothing else left for them. Um, Spurs 
pretty much similar. Like they've been eliminated from all the competitions aside from, you know, getting into basically the top four. So it kind of gives them a, a little bit more of a focus on, you know, what the results need to be. And I think that kind of helps in, in, in some regards, usually those bottom half of the table clubs, that's when they get their upsets is when, you know, one club is, is looking ahead, like a city would be looking ahead to champions league. Although that obviously didn't happen this weekend. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit of both, but you know, I think we're in a similar situation again this weekend where there's not really any marquee matchups per se. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we get another repeat of of last weekend where the, the favorites prevail, or maybe this is the time where maybe somebody sneaks up on on someone uh, unsuspecting. Yeah, no, no real marquee matchups like you said. We'll jump right into the Premier League. The only name brand sort of matchup that we have is what we're calling the FFP immunity match, and that is City hosting Chelsea. Uh, Scotty, you dubbed it that because these are two clubs I love to spend, love to spend, love to spend, but yet... Uh, neither seems to get any charges sucked to them. I mean, Everton fans must look at this and be like, <laughs> yeah. feel like the victims because they're getting hammered with FFP charges. Then you got City and Chelsea spending like wild, um, you know, with with the, the the big ownership that they have. And I'm sure other teams look at it and say like, you know, what what, what do they have to do to, to have any kind of consequences? But on the pitch this weekend, it is looking very lopsided in the lines. I mean, I don't know if you ever thought before, like last season, that Chelsea would ever be a plus 700 money line underdog at Manchester City, even when, you know, City's been at their best. Chelsea's been closer to that in the table, not a mid-table team. Um, Draw no bet, minus 900 for City, plus 500 for Chelsea. Uh, The over is set at 3.5, plus 115, under 3.5, minus 150, so they're expecting goals. Really, the only value that jumps off the page at you is that you have to go City minus one and a half at minus 115. Scotty, you're a Premier League guy. What, what do you make of this match? Does Chelsea have any shot to go to the Etihad and get anything out of this? I would say no chance. Um, you know, they, they, they did win Monday against Crystal Palace. They put together a, a three to one performance that honestly looks a lot better on paper than it did on the pitch. Um, one of the, I think the third goal came in like the 94th minute. It's just yep. kind of like a late ad. Um, but really the only, you know, attacking player that did anything for Chelsea during that whole time was, was Connor Gallagher, which I said was kind of ironic because, um, you know, Chelsea are in this position right now where it doesn't look like they're going to make any form of Europe, European competition and getting any sort of European prize money for next season, um, which is going to be pretty painful for them when it comes to the FFP, um, you know, it seems like there is some, you know, loose enforcement now getting put in place in England at the very least. So um, from what we know in their finances, it sounds like they have to make something around 40 to 50 million in profit by the end of June, um, which means they're going to be player sales. And if you know anything about the Chelsea, you know, player acquisitions in the past two years, they've been buying guys at overinflated prices, which means you're not really gonna be able to make profit on them and they haven't been playing well. Um, so the, the irony that I, I kind of texted to you guys is that Connor Gallagher is one of the few players that they can probably can and will sell in June, um, to try to get to that 50 million in, in profit line. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, you know, again, you know, the, the, the calendar ends, you know, end of June and then a new fiscal calendar begins so they can start to spend again in July and August. And I'm sure they'll spend another 200 million or so, um, bringing in who knows what, but, um, it's just kind of a weird spot for them because this whole plan that bully put in place to buy and invest in the you know squad heavily and get young players that can hopefully develop over time. And, 
you know, balance the books with European prize money. It's not really coming out the way they planned. And this is exactly the kind of match where I think if you would ask Boley when he took over the club, you know, what would be your, your aspirations in, you know, a year and a half, two years down the road, if he said, you know, we just want to be within, you know, minus 300 on the money line of Manchester city. <laughs> I think a lot of people would have laughed at him. So, uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, from Liverpool fan, good riddance, you know, Chelsea have been kind of a pain in the ass for, for many, many years, even going back through the Abramovich era. But, uh, I would love for them to get something here just to kind of ease a little bit of pressure on Liverpool when it comes to the title race in city. I just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying, uh, you know, I wanted to listen to what you had to say. I was trying to make my own case for Chelsea in this one, but I can't, you look at man city. They've now won 11 straight games, all competitions. They're firing on all cylinders. They're finally healthy ish for the first time all season. So De Bruyne has looked good. Um, Bernardo Silva has looked really good. It, they are really getting kind of nothing out of Haaland the last month or so. Um, you know, he's rounding his way back into game shape. So they're dominating teams without him really having as big of an impact as he had prior to the injury as he had last year. That's only going to turn around. And, um, it's really looking at it like, hey, you know, well, maybe City's looking forward to Champions League. Nope, can't use that excuse because they already played this week. So uh, they don't have a Champions League fixture the following week. Uh, there's there's just nothing that I'm seeing that tells me that Chelsea's going to be in this game. I think the odds are where they need to be. I think um, if you are looking to play this game, City minus goal and half, probably the way to play it, like the way Steve said, um, if you want to use Man City as maybe like a parlay piece at minus 300. I guess you could do that, but I just, you know, I don't know how Chelsea comes in here and does it. City will have to have an off day, but I think they're firing on all cylinders right now. They know that any slip up is, you know, going to be detrimental to their chances at winning the league. I can't do it. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to even talk myself into it, but I got nothing for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. There's not much here besides that uh, minus one and a half spread on City side. I mean, they're at the Etihad. City will have played on Tuesday, so plenty of time to rest heading into this one. It's not like it's a you know, super quick turnaround like some of these Europa League teams go through on the weekend. I, I don't see any way, shape, or form Chelsea does anything. Maybe they get a goal, making both teams a score minus 135, have a little bit of juice if you think that they can get one, just like Copenhagen got one today. Um, you know, you could also go, I saw City in over two and a half, I think is around the same one, minus 115 number as City minus one and a half. If you think it might be like a 2-1 type match, if you're of that persuasion, you can get a little value there. But I don't see any way that Chelsea gets any kind of result yeah. to make double chance or anything worthwhile. You know what? This... um this is maybe a spot for a goal scorer for city. If, yeah. um, you know, wait for the lineup. Don't know who's going to be starting, but yeah. Foden's plus 200 Alvarez plus 200 Grealish plus 230 Silva plus 230 uh, De Bruyne plus 280. Maybe, maybe somebody there. If you believe in, in um, Cole Palmer, he's plus 320. I mean, returning against his former club, pretty solid number. Yeah. But a little revenge game. I think that's probably the way to play this game. I think it's to, you know, I, I don't make this one of your your locks. Don't make this a multi-unit play. Just this is kind of a watch what happens. Maybe take a stab with a goal scorer. Have a little fun. Throw some beer money on it. But 
I'm not, there's no need to play city, you know, to score three or or city minus two goals or whatever it is. Yeah. And I should also correct myself. I said at the beginning of the pod that, you know, these clubs are starting to get healthy. That's actually not entirely true because Chelsea is still getting injured more and more every week. Um, Tiago just picked up an injury on, on Monday. Who's kind of been even at 39, you know, one of their, their consistently positive performers at, you know, week in and week out. So I assume he's going to miss this one. I think he pulled his groin. Um, so he'll probably be out for this one. Um, you know, the, the, their, their back line has been completely decimated between Reese James and, you know, Batashiel and, um, you know, the rest of that group. I think Cucurella has also been out. So this really should be one where, where city feasts on a, from a goals perspective. And then, yeah, you know, maybe Chelsea can find a goal. Maybe Nkunku has a good game, but aside from that, I, I can't imagine in any way, shape or form that Chelsea outperform city in the final third and the middle third and their defensive third. It just, there's not going to be one part of the pitch where they have an advantage over city in this. Yeah. Agreed. So I, I think we'll leave that one here. Not much more to say on, on that one. Um, and we'll move on to Serie A. I mean, we're going to focus on the race for the top four in this one. Uh, looking at the current table, it is still very congested from places four through nine, really. Starting to get a little distance between some of these clubs after last week's results. But Atalanta, 23 matches, played 42 points. Bologna, 23, played 39 points. Roma, 24, played 38 points. Uh, Fiorentina, 23, 37 points. Lazio, 23, played 37 points. And Napoli, 23, played 35 points. Um, so Roma, the only team there that's played 24 so far because those those matches that need to be made up. But one of those will be made up tomorrow on Wednesday. We're recording on Tuesday. Um, that is Fiorentina and Bologna. So there will be some movement in the middle of the table. Um, maybe the Viola leapfrog a couple sides. Maybe it's Bologna, you know, getting a little bit more distance between themselves and Roma and Fiorentina and, and, and the pack. Or maybe it's a draw and things stay kind of tight. But um, the matchup this weekend... Um, just so we have an idea of who everybody's playing. Napoli is playing Genoa. Uh, Atalanta hosting Sassuolo. Lazio hosting Bologna. Uh, they're also playing Champions League tomorrow, so they have a midweek match themselves. Empoli hosting Fiorentina. And Frosinone hosting Roma, who also plays Thursday in Europa League. Any of those sides, Nick, that when you look there at those five head-to-heads, team likely to drop points. I mean, Lazio-Bologna is the most evenly matched match, obviously, because they're both in that fight. But who's most likely to drop points maybe out of the other four. And then we can talk a little bit about that, that matchup of your heart, so to speak. Um, so I, I think you called it out. Scotty and I were dead wrong last week about favorites in the premier league. Lucky for us, Sedia is not the premier league. We know that we've known it now for several years. There's going to be chaos. There will for sure be chaos in these matchups. I think a lot of these teams can drop points, there's one that I, I think it's actually the furthest apart um, for a betting spread, but a, a team that I think is really vulnerable here is Napoli. Um, so they're, they're, they're minus take- 180. Right. Okay. So they're, they're I think than you think. Yeah. And what is, I'm sorry, Genoa is plus 475. Plus I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's pretty far. So I Big think, spread. Um, listen, Napoli's at home, but Genoa has been playing really well. They've been scoring a ton. They're way above where you expect them to be in the standings. They're in 12th place. Um, You know, they've got points in, I think, four out of their last five games. The thing that worries me about Napoli is not only have they obviously been terrible, right? They just lost uh, another scoreless game. Uh, Osimhen will not be back for this game. That's been confirmed. He's still in 
Nigeria or wherever oh, yeah. he is. Okay, that's confirmed. So, okay. So, so he's big. not coming back until the Barcelona game, I believe. And Napoli's got to be looking ahead to the Champions League. Like, they have to. If there's a team on this list that is looking ahead, it's Napoli. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but, man, I, I could totally see a slip up in this one. I, I can see it. When you look at the matchups, that one does jump out just because of how poor Napoli's been of late, right? Without Osiman, especially. I wasn't sure if he'd be back or not for this one. With him not being back, it does worry me because Genoa, like you said, up to 12. They did get smashed by Atalanta last week, but Atalanta, you know, has the potential to do that. Besides, it, 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 it has to be concerning for Napoli fans, right? Look at what they did last week against Milan. Could not find the back of the net yet again. I mean, they have just been struggling to yeah. to do anything in attack. And now they're down to ninth. And like we said, the, the gap is widening. And part of that is because Napoli's been so poor. They're only on 35 points. Like, they're at the point where of the teams that have a match in hand on Roma, they're the only ones that can't leapfrog Roma with that match in hand, right? Which which kind of shows where the distance has gone. Um, you look at their matches. I mean, it, you said it. one nothing last week lost. They did beat Verona the week before in a very late goal. 0-0 yeah. zero, zero draw. Um 2-1 win against Salernitana, who's terrible. Lost to Torino. Drew Moans a scoreless. Lost to Roma when Roma was really struggling. It, it hasn't been good in the league. No. Has not been good at all. And I, I think the, the general match, I think, like you said, has potential um, to see them slip up again. I, I think it's definitely there. Yeah, and, and listen, could it happen in some of these other games? I think it could. I think Atalanta is probably the safest because we know how bad Sassuolo is. Lazio Bologna, like you said, we can talk about it, but Probably the most evenly matched yeah. matchup. Um, Fiorentina, I have a pick in that game, so I'll get to it at the end. And Roma, I think we somebody definitely has a pick in that game, but I don't think that is particularly cro- close. I think Roma um, gets the job done pretty handily. Yeah, and I just look back um, at the reverse picture. The reverse picture back in September before Napoli was really, really struggling uh, was a 2-2 at the Marassi. Um Genoa has been very good against the big sides. They beat Roma, they beat Lazio, drew uh, Napoli, like we saw, like we just said. So they are not afraid of of the the, the big boys, yep. uh, and I think that plays into their hands as well. Drew Inter as well, so they they can be very tough. Oh, Drew, Drew Uve, I'm just going through their counter, and they they just keep popping up. Like these results against big sides pop up. A lot of them at home, um, but truth be told, I mean they, they can go head to head with any of these sides when they want to. Yeah, listen, seven. Uh... Seven wins, eight draws, nine losses. I mean, this is a newly promoted club. That's yeah. pretty fucking good. Gilardino, right? Is the manager? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I agree there. I think that is the the most likely just based on form of, of the teams involved. Lazio, Bologna. Let, let's talk about that quick before we, we talk about the Wait, hold on. The Scott, let's give Scotty some love. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he's... Listen, you guys have said it. The only point I was going to put out, you know, you guys you guys are on track with Napoli. I think we've, we've kind of beat that horse at this point that none of us here are believers in them. And, you know, the Genoa, I think, give them a closer game than I, I would say maybe people are giving them credit for. But at, again, I don't even know if that's the case at this point. Um, I did want to call it Atalanta because I think, weirdly enough, they've been the third best team in, in Serie A over the last couple of months. Definitely. Um, Ten wins, one loss, one draw in their last 12. You know, just absolutely scorching form. Their team total against Sassuolo. Over two and a half is plus 110. Um, that's all you really need to know because, you know, that's a absurd number. So yeah. um, I, I think it's if you're looking at any of those off the list, yeah, Napoli would be the one that jumps out. But after that, I think you can pretty much pencil in, you know, wins for, for the rest of the favorites of that group. 
And I think the big thing too for Atalanta, just like Juve, especially when it comes to this race for top four, is no Europe, right? They're able to focus just yeah. on Serie A, and they're starting to get hot in Serie A now. Um, wins in one, two, three, four, uh, four wins and a, and a draw in their last five. I'm seeing here that they're, they're they're starting to cook a little bit, and they have no distractions midweek like almost all the rest of these teams have, um, besides Bologna. So that that could also play into their hands a bit. For sure. All right, so the uh, Nick Lazio Bologna, that's the match of your heart. We won't talk, do a full preview of it, but that is the most meaningful match on the table this weekend because these teams, Bologna's got this big one against Fiorentina midweek, then a big one against Lazio on the weekend. Um, just to give a little background, obviously it'll be played by the time people listen to this, but Bologna's plus 130 at home on Wednesday against Fiorentina, who's plus 215. Then you look ahead to the weekend prior to any result in that match, and it's kind of the reverse with Lazio at home. Lazio's plus 120 in the money line, Bologna plus 230. Um, and the, the line is set at two and a half, and the under is minus 195. The over is at plus 145. Is it going to be one of those low-scoring matches like Bologna has seen so often this year? Do you think they just try to keep it tight on the road? Um, and can Lazio break them down? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think um, both teams are plagued by similar problems, that they neither score enough. I, I think if either of these teams scored, well, I mean, kind of a cop-out to say this. I guess you could say it about any team, but if either of these teams scored 25% more goals, they'd have a pretty, you know, strong hold on fourth or at least, you know, in that, in that real conversation for fourth or fifth. Um, so I, I see both of these teams as really having that issue. You mentioned Bologna is playing midweek. Lazio is also playing midweek. They play Bayern Munich tomorrow or Wednesday, uh, if you're listening to this. So, can't imagine anything good happens for Lazio there. I think that potentially both teams could be looking for a rebound. Odds are a little strange to me. I don't know that Lazio should be a, a you know hundred cent favorite. I think um, their home form has been very good. That's probably the reason for it. And um, you know, could they hold Bologna to zero goals or one goal? I think they could. I'm just worried if they can score enough to get three points. So uh, this is a tough one. I think the draw line being at plus 200 tells you something that's very low. I think a draw is certainly possible in this game. Um, you know, if you were going to take Bologna, draw no bet. If you were going to take Bologna, maybe plus a quarter of a goal at minus 115, I think that's probably a solid way to bet it. Um, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, the Asian total is is set at two, right? So you can get over two at minus one twenty five. I think, you know, take uh, it. Yeah, take it. B- big reason for that is what you mentioned the the home road split. Bologna. You point out the draw before before Scotty goes, and that that's I think good value because Bologna in eleven road matches is one win, seven draws, three losses, uh, only eleven scored, but only fifteen conceded. So they play those low scoring, a lot of one one draws on the road. Um, and Lazio's going to have to find a way to get a second, I think, is what it's going to come down to in this one. I'm going to just go ahead and say, if we're going to be taking a lot of credit for our form in 2024, we got to give credit to Bologna, because they have scored 12 goals in their five league games in 2024, including 10 in their last three. So I know historically, you know, this season they haven't been exactly lighting the world on fire, but in the same period of time as our heart, as our hot streak, they've also kind of caught fire. So. If that is a sign of things to come and we want to believe in that form, you know, yeah, four goals against Lecce, four goals against Sassuolo, not exactly, um, you know, the biggest names, but they did put up two against Milan and Milan historically has had a pretty solid defense. So 
I think uh, I think there's something to be said for that. I think that's a trend that you can you know bank on. If you think you know like Nick, you called out the Asian total that over two. Like I for sure think that's uh, an over because I there should be at least two goals in this easy in, yeah. in my opinion. I know Lazio might struggle to figure something out, but my hope is that if Bologna scores first, which is maybe the real prop of the day here, um, you know, it forces Lazio to get more aggressive than they may otherwise choose to do so. Yeah, I, no, I, I like it. I think the over two is is a solid play here. I was really trying to get into corners for this matchup, but Bologna hasn't gotten a lot of corners in their last dozen games. And historically, head-to-head, this matchup does not have a ton of corners. I was really trying to get Bologna over three and a half. That minus 130, but um, the stats were just not on our side here. So I'm not going to sweat out another corner loser for the sake of the podcast. I, I, you know, I may take it personally, but uh, the stats are not on our side in this one. I'll, I'll just wrap up my point. Lazio, excuse me, Bologna first goal is plus 125. So that maybe that's the, the play. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, and, and just to, to wrap this one, uh, you mentioned the goal scoring struggles of both teams. Like Lazio's goal scoring at 28 scored. Uh, is more in line with like the mid mid table clubs in the league right now. You know the the top clubs. Inter aside, who's got fifty five scored, twelve can see they're 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 head and shoulders above everybody in terms of their goal differential. Uh, you look at Juve thirty six scored, uh, Milan forty seven scored, Atalanta forty four scored, Bologna thirty three, Roma forty two, Fiorentina thirty six. So you, you go down that list, and it's really been down to the defense that's kept Fiorentina. I'm not rather not rather Fiorentina, rather uh, Napoli, Lazio, Bologna. Like those clubs are hanging around because they don't concede a lot, because yep. um, their their goal scoring hasn't been the, the best. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who can find that second. I think that is the key to this match. Like you said, I think yep. the over two is probably a, a fairly safe play because you probably get at minimum yep. a one one. I think, which tends to be the trend with Bologna. Um, but things to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, and, and so last thing I'll say, I'm sorry before we finish it up here. You know. You guys know me. Anybody that listens to the show knows me. If you're new to the show, you can hear it here. I'm a big proponent of like getting an early line because I think there's a ton of value in it. This is a game where I will 100% be waiting until kickoff, right before kickoff to place a bet because both teams play on Wednesday, because both teams already have injuries, potential suspensions uh, going into Wednesday's match. So Really going to depend on the starting lineup, but I think um, all the bets we just gave out are absolutely valid. Unless you tell me Xerxes and Orsolini are both out and Immobile and Zakanya are both going to be out or something like that. So um, just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, good point, especially the midweek. I, I would definitely wait on this, um, you know, see what it looks like after you, you listen, after these teams have played and then they kind of go from there. And then just to wrap on Serie A real quick, we don't spend much time on this, but do you see anyone separating themselves from the pack? Not necessarily this week, but in the next couple of weeks. Is, is anybody going to start to pull away, or do you think this continues to be one of these revolving doors for fourth, fifth place, and um, it's going to come down to four or five teams pretty close to the end of the season? Me or you, Scotty? Yeah, I would say it's – I'll, I'll, I'll just start. I'll say I think it's going to be a, you know, more of a revolving door. I think it will come and go as – Certain teams have you know harder fixture lists over a three or four week span than other teams, and um, you know even still like that doesn't necessarily mean that they get those you know nine or twelve points as we've seen. There's there's upsets galore in Serie A, so yeah. I think you'll see a mixed bag probably throughout March and then maybe in April. Um, that's usually when I think the picture kind of becomes a little bit more clear 
usually at that point. Whoever's left in, in Serie A in, in Europe are the clubs at the top two or three positions, and then the rest of them are just focused on league positions. Yep. So. No, I think that's more than fair, um, just based on what we've seen all year, based on what we saw last year, the year before, the year before. I think if a team is going to separate a little bit, it's Atalanta it, because of the form that they've been on, because of how deep they are in the you know attacking midfield and forward positions. I think they're better off than just about everybody else here. They have Lookman coming back from the Cup of Nations. I think he was maybe Nigeria's best player, team that made made it all the way to the final. So that's huge for them. You got Skamaka, who's going to try to do everything he possibly can to make this Euro squad for Italy. Um, yeah. I think he's gonna, he's poised to at least give us some hard work, right? He can't promise goals like Beto, but he's going to promise us some hard work going forward. So um, they've looked good, right? Coop Miners, um, they, they're getting goals from uh, CDK, who's been fantastic. I mean, hand up. I was, I was wrong on that, dude. So I, I think um, they've put themselves in the best position. Could they go and rattle off three or four straight losses or three games without, you know, getting full points? Of course they could. Um, I think Scotty's exactly right. But I'm interested to see what Adelante do. And I think it's going to be um, telling to see how Roma bounces back from their first defeat under uh, Dead Aussie. And, you know, the game where they played really well in the first half and got absolutely demolished by the best team in the league. So if they bounce back, uh, they're going to be a fun team down the stretch. Yeah, the new manager bounce is now over for Roma, so it's time right. for them to earn it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it stays close. I think at least three, four teams stay battling for for fourth place till the end. Maybe, maybe one or two teams start to fall down down the table a bit. They capitulate. It, it could happen, but uh, I think any of these teams is capable of winning three in a row, four in a row, or also, like Nick said, dropping three, four matches in a row where they don't get full points, and I think that's entirely plausible and I, I think very likely uh, at different stretches. And Scotty said it, different points in the calendar. Uh, you have those rough stretches, other points. You have a nice fixture list. Like Roma just came off three very winnable fixtures. They won, they lost to Inter, and then it, you know, they have another stretch of, of three, four games where only Fiorentina's mixed into to a couple lower table clubs, and then it's three, three tough matches in a row. So I, the, the calendar kind of bounced around for all those teams like that, and that's something to keep an eye on. And also those matches in hand, I, I looked at the calendar looking ahead. I think over the next three midweeks, those will be caught up so it'll be a little bit easier to kind of read the table as well because cool. when teams are on different matches played it gets a little gets a little tricky so um i think with that we move on to our hat trick of picks guys where are we going to follow up that seven and three week hopefully bounce back with even more juice uh this week and, and push to eight or nine or maybe even get our second ten and a week of the season right we did have one i believe one ten and over is it a nine and one i don't think we've had a ten and oh i think we've had we a, nine, had a and nine and one right so let's 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 look no. the top of our best week I'm just going to try to get two wins this week. Don't know that I've had that in about two months. So well, if you get goal. two, it's possible to get nine. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's that is that is good math. Um, so I will start with probably my worst pick because um, why not start there? Uh, I'm taking Aston Villa money line at plus 125 at Fulham. To me, this seems like a very easy bounce back opportunity for, for Villa. They've had a great season so far. Certainly have played themselves into a favorite for top five, which should be a Champions League spot come season end. Um, did lose pretty unfortunately to United on the weekend. I think it was like a 3-1 final score line, um, which now puts them just, I think, four points ahead of United in the table. So I think they're going to want to bounce back. I think they're going to want to start to get you know another winning streak going here. Um, Fulham, I think, provide that opportunity. Um, they are on the road. Craven Cottage is a pretty difficult place to play. 
But Fulham have had a you know smorgasbord of results over the last two or three uh, months. You know they have good wins and they have some terrible losses. So there is a chance that Fulham comes out and they have you know a, an incredible performance and this is a losing pick. But for me, I think Villa are more likely to come out, try to rebound strong, and the plus one twenty five number I think is really appealing to me. So that's ultimately where I'm going. Yeah, I want to back you up. I, I think I've been higher on Fulham than most over the past month. Uh, like for whatever reason, I've just caught a lot of their games and I've, I've bet on a lot of them. I, I think um, like this is a on paper, like just a must win game for Villa, right? Like you have yep. to have it. The odds yep. add up. Plus 125 is not something you would expect them to be at. You got to go with it. Yeah. You got to think like United have Luton Town. I know Luton had been playing well, but just dropped points to Sheffield United. So you don't really want to let that gap drop down to like one or two points, considering how strong Villa started the season yeah. and how poorly United started the season. I think that would be very demoralizing for for the Villa squad. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like it at that number. You, you mentioned it. You know, plus one twenty five, and then you're you're on the outside looking at a top four right now. United's catching up for that fifth place Europa League spot, which would be a step up from where you are in the Conference League this year. So uh, definitely got to get three points here if you're Villa. For my first pick, I'm going uh, to the continent. I'm going to Germany, and it is Dortmund. Team total over one and a half, minus 125 at Wolfsburg. I was torn between this one and Juve clean sheet this weekend uh, at minus 110 against uh, Hellas Verona. I, I ended up going with Dortmund as my third pick, and I'm leading with it here. So if you are listening and you want a guaranteed winner, it's probably Juventus clean sheet minus 110 against Hellas because I did not take it. But uh, for this Dortmund one, Wolfsburg's defense has been good since the Bundesliga restarted in mid-January, uh, allowing multiple goals just once. However, over the same five-match stretch, Dortmund has scored three goals or more four times. Uh, the reverse fixture was a one nothing win for Dortmund back in September. I think they get two or more here given their recent form. I like it. All right. I got three picks and these, these are vibes picks, right? Went three and zero last week. We've been hot. I, I didn't even write. I didn't even have to go to like advanced stats for any of my picks because they all just kind of jumped out at me. Coach mentioned that clean sheet for Juve. I like Juve team total over one and a half. It's at even money at Hellas Verona. Juve has done something exceptionally well for years now, but this year in particular, they've handled the bad teams and not only have they handled the bad teams, they've scored two, three, and four goals. That's something we've not seen from Juve in quite some time. Uh, they had a slip up last week to Udinese. Nobody expected that. But there's a super slim chance that Juve will drop points in two straight games to opposition like that. I think they bounce back in a big way. Vlahovic will be back and fit for this game. They're going to be motivated. Uh, Milan, only one point behind them, by the way, for second place, which, yeah. I mean, difference between second and third doesn't mean anything, but just you know something to keep an eye on that we we kind of tabbed Milan to be pretty good this year and I think we're we're that's coming true so expect a good game out of Juve uh even money for this is is just kind of a steal I I think they are up a goal by half I think they cruise to two goals in this one all right my second pick is a two for one uh, it's because I struggled to find value this week as we talked about the Premier League slate. Um, I'm going with a parlay, money line parlay, Tottenham money line versus Wolves, so Tottenham at home, and then City money line versus Chelsea comes out to plus 105. We've already discussed, I think City are an automatic play in this one, but at minus 300, it's tough to play them alone. And I don't really love giving up the goal and a half just because you never know what happens with Chelsea. They come out to play, maybe they keep it close. 
Um, so really, I'm just trying to juice the line of Tottenham, who are minus 180 at home versus Wolverhampton. But Tottenham are probably going to have their first 11 playing in this one for the first time since October. Um, you know, Sun is back from uh, the Cup of Nations. He came on as a sub last weekend against Brighton. Um, Basuma and Saar are back from AFCON. Uh, Van de Ven is healthy again. So Madison is healthy again. Um, so I, I think you're going to see the Tottenham that we saw in the first 10 to 12 weeks of the season uh, show up at home against Wolverhampton. And to go along with it, you know, now they actually have a bench of subs that actually can make an impact. Like we saw with Brennan Johnson scoring that 94th minute winner against Brighton. You also probably will have Timo Werner coming off the bench, assuming Sun starts. And then some combination of Hoiberg and Benton Kerr can come off the bench for midfield should you need to shore things up. So uh, I think uh, I think Postacoglu's side is going to look really, really good this weekend. I think they're going to remind us why they were. Uh, one of the top three clubs to start the season. And, uh, you know, getting this basically at, at plus money, assuming City takes care of business, I think is is a no-brainer. Love. Yeah, good good number for two likely winners. All right, I'm going with the club we were just talking about with my second pick. It is Milan, uh, or Chances FC, as Scotty likes to call them, minus 120 on the money line at Monza. Uh, Milan's been an absolute absolute role in the league right now. Rosanetti have gone nine straight unbeaten in Serie A, seven wins and two draws, and are now just one point behind Juve for second, like Nick mentioned in the table. Uh, we rode them quite a few times in that nine-match stretch to to, to wins um, and cashing some bets. So this match is a fairly quick turnaround after playing Europa League on Thursday against uh, Stad Ren. Uh, that is a home match, though, at the San Siro, so not much travel involved here as they stay right in Lombardia uh, to take on Monza. Um I think Milan has plenty to get past Monza, whom they beat 3-0 in the reverse fixture at the San Siro. Uh, short trip, even with the quick turnaround from Europa League, I think they've got plenty to get it done here at minus 120. Cool. So just scroll back 30 seconds, take everything Coach Steve said, and add Milan team total over 1.5, minus 115. That's my pick. We're double dipping, but we have double dipped on Milan in the past. I believe we're 2-0 and double dipping on Milan if my uh, memory so, yeah. serves me correctly, but they have been on a team total streak. The books are going to keep offering this at minus 115. We are going to keep taking it until they let us down. Milan, two goals, minus 115. The Pioli out critics have uh, really quieted down on Twitter over the last two months. No, no they, they kind of were, were talking a little bit today because like guys like Brahim Diaz was, uh, you know, scored a nasty fucking goal for Real and uh, CDK has been really good for Atalanta and um, one other player. I forget that that they let go. That's been doing good. So there's still talk, but nothing about the standings. Yeah, hard, hard to argue with seven wins and two draws and nine. What's the other player you're thinking of? Divac Origi? It wasn't. I'm just being hopeful. Scotty's sleeper um, uh, apple of the season last year. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I got I missed that one, but I nailed Calvin Phillips. So it it's you take the good with the bad. Um. All right, I will close things out for my picks of the weekend. Uh, I'm going to Spain. Uh, we're going to go truly worldwide with our picks this weekend. Um, I'm going to take Real Madrid and over Always. one and a half at Rio Vallecano. Uh, yeah, Madrid are dealing with some injuries. Bellingham probably not going to play. I think he picked up an ankle sprain. Looked like Braham Diaz hurt him's calf maybe in the second half. I hope it was just a calf. It was one of those Achilles calf type injuries where he just kind of stopped playing while he had the ball. So kind of concerning. But really this pick is against Vallecano because I think low-key they might be the worst team in La Liga right now, even though they're sitting like 16th or 15th place. 
Um, they've got just one win since October, um, and that was a 2-0 win against an eight-man uh, Hetafe side. Uh, they picked up three red cards uh, somehow, and, and you know, Viacano only managed a 2-0 win as a result. So I think Madrid roll in this one, you know, with or without Bellingham. Um, you know, I think prior to this, they just beat uh, Girona, you know, 4-0. Yep. Um, so certainly rolling. And uh, more so than anything, Vinny Jr. owes me one because uh, he really fucked me with the no shots on target to ruin my five-leg parlay today. There. All right. Um, I'm going with my boys with my last pick. Roma Moneyline minus 115 F. Uh Similar to Milan, Roma plays Europa League on Thursday. Unlike Milan, Roma does have to travel to Rotterdam for what should be an intense match against Feyenoord. However, since Daniela De Rossi has taken over, the Roma attack has really picked up steam with players back from both AFRICON and the Asian Cup, plus most everyone else back from injury. The Jalarossi should have enough depth to manage both of these matches. I think that's especially true of this one against a frozen on side that has conceded in nine straight matches and just shipped five to Fiorentina. I get- uh, also good value I'll throw in there on the team total if you think maybe they, they concede a few of the team totals at minus 125, which I, which I also considered. For two goals? For two goals. Might switch up my pick. I like that. I might double dip with you. Um, <laughs> all right. What are we doing? We have a vibe check. It is we go to a Fiorentina game. You guys know I am super hard on Fiorentina, but they are plus money at Empoli, plus 105 on the money line. Here's the reality. You mentioned a the coach. They are playing midweek, and that is a win-win scenario for us because they either get a good result and – they're carrying that momentum into Empoli or they get a bad result and they're going to be looking to rebound either way. I think Fiorentina take care of Empoli shouldn't be much of a match. Uh, you know, if they don't win, I'd be really, really surprised. Plus one Oh five is just too good to pass up. Fiorentina money line. All right. That brings us to the pod lock. We're going to the Bundesliga and you know, if we're going to the Bundesliga, I probably dug it up. So the boys are going to let me read this one off and, uh, they, they, they rode with it. So we're going Stuttgart and over two and a half match parlay at plus 110. Stuttgart continues to be a high-flying attack yeah. with 49 goals scored in the league. That's the third best attack behind just Leverkusen and Bayern Munich, who are the only two sides ahead of them in the table right now. Uh, their last four matches in all comps have gone uh, have had four goals or more. And Darmstadt has conceded the most goals in the league by far, also conceding 49, ironically. The reverse fixture was 3-1 to Stuttgart, and this one should bring a similar scoreline. I'd be shocked if we don't get three goals in this one. Um, the over, I believe, is set at three and a half as it is, and, and Stuttgart has been has been high-flying, uh, especially the last few weeks. Like this is When we talk about Germany, as we often do, and we say like classic German games over two and a half, you want to see goals, it's chaos. Like This is the team. This is the game we're talking about. Yeah. Starting to I get back cashed, to where it needs uh, to be. What I had them what over two and a half of Leipzig a couple weeks ago, and I think I cashed that in like the first half. Yeah, love it. Yeah, this is a big game for for Stuttgart for me because I think the last time we had him as a podlock, we lost, and so if they lose this one, they will be forever known as Stuttgart to me. Yeah, no, they're banned. Um, they, this is their last chance. If you lose two podlocks, you're banned from the podlock. Can't do 100%. it. Percent. And then the other thing is this. Weirdly, this is a, a long callback. So if you're a fan of the pod, you may remember this, but we took Monaco. A similar bet. It was Monaco and team total over one and a half or, or total two and a half against the last place team in League Un, which I think was Toulouse at the same at the time. And that was one of the rare misses that we had on the podlock. So we got really that was two our things first going on. Podlock we, loss of the season, if I'm not mistaken. It was, yeah, so, Monaco, I believe yep. so. I think we need the redemption on that with this pick, and I think Stuttgart needs a redemption on on their 
previous loss. Otherwise, we may have a a double ban going on in in some fashion here. Yeah, uh, I have to agree. All right, we'll leave it there. So stick with us. Give us your best your locks of the week in in the comments section or on hit us on Twitter. Uh, and plenty of places to find our work. If you want to watch the, the video version of this podcast every week, we are on YouTube. We are on all major pod platforms. If you're on, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to listen in the car or something, um, Scotty doing his work for HappyHourSports.net every week, giving out his uh, Premier League takes from the weekend. Every usually pops up every Monday or so. Um, and keep an eye on all the Champions League stuff that the guys have been putting out. They did a great episode this week with Andy Pasado of um, Plus Money Nick, Podcast. Podcast. And uh, we're just going to keep out cranking out winners and giving you guys good bets and then hopefully have fun listening to the show. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you guys next episode.